Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life and maybe how to survive shitty TV shows. I'm your host, Ryan Stacey, and today we're we're back at it. We're talking about episode seven of the Scream TV show in the trenches. Yo, this place is big. We should split up finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie ever. I'm joined by our Scream correspondent, Jacob Coldness. Jacob, how you doing? You know, I hate to sound like a broken record, but... Like, this show's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like, this, this, every single time I'm invited back, like, there are some times where I'm like, you know what, I didn't enjoy it, but I tolerated that episode, or that one, that one was at least better than the others, and then there's just some episodes where I'm like, God, this is such ass. <laughs> like, And this is arguably the most action-packed episode And so it's far. the shortest, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's pretty short, it's only like 39 it's, minutes. It's, yeah, 38, yeah. And it felt like an eternity because despite the fact that it is the more action-centered episode, I feel like it just didn't end. <laughs> like, once the, the main sequence was done, that might have been at, like, the 30-minute mark. And then we got to catch up on the characters, and then we got to catch up on Will afterwards, and then we have to catch up on Emma, and then suddenly we're going to this thing, and then, then it ends, and then it the one thing I'll give it credit for, and obviously we're all, we're gonna talk about it, is that it has maybe the best moment in the show so far at the very end Last of scene. a really shitty episode, and it was just like it was a nice release <laughs> because for so much of that episode, I was just kind of ready to wrap it up and let's talk about this, and I can go home, but. <laughs> It, 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 it wasn't enough to undo how I feel. I think that this episode, as much as we've talked about poor performances, <laughs> poor logic, poor just in general, a lot of that was showcased here. I thought that, if anything, if I have killer predictions, the show is making it very clear to me. Very, very, very clear to me. Not the main characters, just to me, apparently. Who who's the culprit here? Who's who's um, who's at fault? And even though I might change my prediction at the end of this podcast episode here, I don't like it. Like I, I genu- uh, the more I'm watching this, I'm like, no, this doesn't. I know what it's going to end up being, and I don't like it, <laughs> and I'm just dreading it. And I know that I'm right about what it what what at least most of what's going to happen. It's just uh, it's there's so much about this episode that is trying to be sly and clever and trying to be self-referential self-referential trying to be like knowing and like wink wink and whatnot but like man this show has to cool it in certain areas (laughs) really bad uh it's getting uncomfortable yes this this (laughs) this episode it's stupid for me it's at least less boring than some of the last couple like episode like four and five i thought were just just tedious well those were just more teen drama centered and this is more the the killer aspect. This is a stupid slasher movie episode. Which... This is this is the bargain yeah. dollar Walmart bin DVD at the bottom of the the barrel. This is I'll always know what you did last. Yeah, summer, this basically. is this is the thing that you find on Netflix when like back in 2015, 16, when you're just scrolling through and and your friends are drunk and it's three Horror in the morning section. and. And then you guys quit after like 20 minutes because everyone's too tired and bored. Like, that's this episode. 
So Lee Janiak, who did the Fear Street trilogy, directed this episode, and it's going to be she went good lord, on come on, Lee, <laughs> bigger and better things. I'm, for I'm her. happy for her, and I, I, you know, we they just announced that there will be more Fear Street yep. movies, so I hope that she's involved. She does a great job with those. However, like, I I'm not going to entirely blame her, even though there are some scenes that are very, they're directed in a manner that like. It, <laughs> You know, we talk about MTV garbage, very much MTV garbage. To be fair, I don't think any of the directors who worked on the show so far have been able to save this. No, no, not at all. You um, know, the only notable maybe one. The, maybe the pilot. Maybe was, the pilot. Maybe the pilot was okay. Jamie Travis. Yeah. Who's going to come back and do the finale. Yeah. Which and he, is a terrible episode. Okay, yeah. Um, The only hope we have is the Ty, Ty West, West yeah. which is the ninth episode, which I think is the best episode of the season. Yeah, and that's still one episode away from where yep. we are. Yep. Because uh, this is episode seven. We have three to go with season one. Yeah. Uh, this came out in uh, August 11th of 2015. So. Okay. Uh, what was I doing August 11th, 2015? I think I was, work, <sighs> I was working at the movie theater at that point. What was I doing August 11th, 2015? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, was, I think I was an RA at the time. Yeah. No, yeah, I think, yeah, I was about to start my senior year of college. Yep. Yeah, the summer before senior year of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was doing RA stuff. Yep. That's what I was doing. Well, the point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies and horror TV shows, no matter how terrible they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out our current list of rules on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror, where you can see our list of 59 rules. And we're going to go through the plot of this episode beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our list. I doubt it. But we'll see. No, but one of the characters literally like spelled out one of your rules out loud. I feel like more than one. More than one. Yeah, yeah. this is a very attempt. I mean, it, it technically it is meta. It's just shitty yeah, meta. I just wish it wasn't meta. Yeah. There's some things that I'm like, you know, a lot of there's a lot of great horror that's meta, and obviously Scream, Scream. kind of like really catapulted that into the 21st century. But there's a lot of stuff that just shouldn't try. Yeah. <laughs> just 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 be stupid and be play it straight. I don't know. Uh, so, spoiler alerts for episode seven. You know, this show sucks. Uh, business as usual, this show sucks. Mm-hmm. All right. You you ready to jump into this thing? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, the episode begins where we left off with Piper. Uh, she got knocked out in an attack by the killer, and Will was kidnapped. That's where we left off. Piper mm-hmm. wakes up. She's got a head wound. She's woozy. She sees the blood trail. Now, this is a legitimate head wound. So, you know, you need, she's your number one draft pick for being the killer at this point. Yeah, well, you know what? Stu and Billy stabbed each other, so... You have a point. <laughs> I think all of the Scream killers have done some pretty horrific things to their body in, 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 an attempt to, uh, in an attempt to make themselves look innocent. Jill and Scream 4, you know, it's the best example. Yeah, so that, there is no... Like, I'm not ruling anything out that. Means that means nothing. It means absolutely nothing to me. Will is still alive. He's tied up in a storage room, and the killer is... Over him, he's tied up, he's gagged. So that's where Will is at. Will is in a horror movie. <laughs> or in Jake's fantasy. Will. <laughs> you know. So our other subplot, your favorite subplot, is um, the whole weird, incestuous relationship stuff between uh, Maggie and the sheriff, and then their kids, Kieran and Emma. See, I feel bad for everybody in the situation, because, you know, if you're not blood related or anything like that and you are just naturally finding romance with somebody and they just happen to be related or or the son of or the daughter of whatever of someone if if, if your parents are dating that's when either the parents have to be like we shouldn't do this 
or the kids have to be like, we shouldn't do this. Because truth is, there's more always more fish in the sea. You do not have to narrow your choice to something that is going to be uncomfortable for both you and your child or your kin or any... Like, it's it's such a bad... What, what are they thinking? Uh, and they're not, like, opposing it. Well, I, to be fair, I don't know if the parents know... Yeah, but the, the, mom, the mom is curious about it. Yeah, like... She yeah, I guess like a, uh, yeah, she, the weird she makes smile. like a weird Smart. smile when she's like, "What are we? What are we? Have you been hanging out with uh, with Kieran it's lately?" Weird. This whole thing is weird. I think like they one of the writers or maybe maybe the creator of the show or somebody near the top of the show had a fetish. Well, okay, so the I think what the the show is trying to imply is that the parents think that the kids are just getting along as brother and sister and getting closer as brother and sister because that's what's going to happen later down the road. And I said this to you, whether or not I'm predicting Kieran to be the killer, I hope he's the killer <laughs> because that would mean that we could put a kibosh to this, this disgusting, business. incestuous crap. <laughs> well, the four of them are going to have dinner together. <laughs> Which like, no, here's, I'm, I am so perplexed by this storyline <laughs> because it's so obvious that this is not okay, but the parents are being so stupid about it. And then the teens are going along with it. Like, I don't want to see where this is going. Like, I really don't want to see where this is going throughout the rest of the... I want it just to stop here. That's fair. That's fair. And it seemed like for a moment that it would. Uh, by the end of the episode, it there are, the brakes have been put on. This thing, yeah. By the end of the episode, which we'll, we'll get to. And then Emma, her dad is going to be come, become a little more important in this episode. He, he doesn't show up yet. But he, she's asking, like, well, why did he leave? We don't get a real answer, but th- this episode is going uh, to give us more answers about the father. Mm-hmm. Kieran gives Emma a ride to school, and they kiss a lot. like, And they're talking about this whole weird business with the parents. and just, They acknowledge it. It's weird, and then they just keep on smooching. Because it's not going to blow up in their face later down the road. Teens are dumb. <laughs> they're, they're just dumb. Emma gets a text from Will, who... We know was kidnapped. Yeah. The same Will. And he's like, I tried to make things right last night and I failed. Weird text. Mm-hmm. Kind of ominous. It does like make her a little like, huh, that's weird. Meanwhile, Noah, he had got Mr. Branson's fingerprints in the last episode. Nothing. No hits on that. Who's he checking these against? How? What? I com- You know, it's funny too because I completely forgot about that entire element of the show because it is so breezed by it's one scene it is one scene uh but that weird uh spy malware that they've been investigating this whole season has vanished deleted there's a substitute teacher in that day for mr branson Mm -hmm. weird maybe he's the killer that would be nice if it was just somebody that wasn't introduced on the show yet (laughs) brooke and jake at this point they inform emma hey will was blackmailing the mayor and now so he looks like he's missing. As though Jake is innocent. But Will's not at school, so like, oh, maybe maybe his meeting with the mayor went poorly. And then Piper walks in, like, hey, we need to talk. And you pointed out, how did Piper get into school? Okay, first of all, how does she get into the school? And second, how is she able to pull all those kids out of school? <laughs> because unless this is the very end of the day, yep. they still have school going on. And they're all just like, oh, yeah, let's go to the bowling alley. And it looked like they had just gotten to school. That's what yeah. it felt like. Because the scene previously was Audrey arriving at school. To and be fair, these kids go to school very early. Yeah. They're there at like six in the morning so, they, really so that they can sit and chill and talk in the in the courtyard for yep. two hours before school starts and discuss 
killer stuff. School. School. School security. Rule number three, do your damn job. You just don't let random podcasters in. No. No. See, I would buy this if this was Scream 96. Yep. Because school security was like almost at a bare minimum. Pre-Columbine. This was pre-Columbine. But like in general, like my high school didn't have like intense security until yeah. like 2015. It was like way after I graduated. Yeah, I guess it would have been about the same for me. We had a teacher on their break who was always just at the door, just, you know, make sure yeah. like he direct people to the office. So, but now there's, I guess there's a security guard at my high school. Yeah. No. And, and it's, it's so funny, but she just shows up and she's like, we need to go. Like, they're not even going to be like, oh, can we wait? until like until after school or like like the fact that she's just like ready to go there and pull them out and they're just so willing to go is so weird because like you 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 don't usually just do that you know you don't just grab grab a random kid and then i guess maybe not random because they're they're part of the the crime story or whatever but okay yeah so emma has talked to her before emma they have a a rapport but if you were an adult yeah and there were kids that you have been keeping contact with as weird as that sounds, <laughs> and you got a lead on something, wouldn't you just text them? Sure, text them. Uh, Why would you show up to the school and well, just yank them? And f- even worse, have Piper has Piper ever had a conversation with Jake and Brooke? I can't remember. Uh, maybe Brooke. Maybe Brooke like once. Maybe yeah. Jake like once. Maybe and, and they're just gonna go with her. It's also when you have Piper in that high school. That's when I start to notice that she is basically the same age as an actress as everybody else. And yeah. then that really throws me off. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that's how she, she, she's walking. She and just she walked like in because as a 30-year-old, she looks like a 15-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they all look, yeah, they do kind of look pretty similar, except for Brooke. But the others all yeah. look the same age. So maybe that's what she did. But the point is, especially for Jacob Brooke, rule number 18, stranger danger. You don't know her. Yeah, some of them don't. That's yeah. that's what's that's also what's weird. That's that's kind of the point that I was trying to make. Like you can't just pull these kids out of school if they barely know you. Yep. So Piper's going to take them to the garage. You're just going to go with this basically stranger, this creepy old building. That's a good call. On the way there, apparently Jake fessed up to being part of this whole blackmail scheme. <laughs> Finally, mm-hmm. and then Piper explains everything to them about what happened with her and Will. And there's a message on the wall that says, "No cops, Emma." Number one. Piper, you could have called the cops. Nothing yeah. is stopping you from calling the cops. Honestly, anybody could call the cops as Except long as Emma. it's not Emma. <laughs> Brooke, call the cops. Jake, call the cops. Anybody. Emma, even Emma, you can call the cops. If someone tells you, hey, no cops, it's the perfect time to call the cops. Not only is are we playing the Emma, assuming she's the protagonist thing, yep. but everyone else is assuming that Emma is the protagonist. How convenient. We're assuming... Someone is the protagonist, and they are the protagonist. Wow, it worked out really well. For I feel once. like a lot of these characters don't feel like they have enough agency on this show. Are you saying that these characters in the story aren't well written? No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no, they absolutely are not well written in the slightest. Rule twelve: Wait for backup. Get the cops involved. Emma gets a, a call from the killer. Basically, he Will is alive, confirmed, and basically the killer's like, "Your mom's still lying about something. Let's play hide and seek. You got to figure out where Will is." Okay. I wouldn't look. Will sucks. Who cares? <laughs> just, just stop playing the game. Call the cops and don't answer mm-hmm. your phone. Like We've said this in every episode. We can only say it so often. Noah's at work. Emma goes to see him at the store and is like, hey, I need your help tracking Will's cell phone. Oh, by the way, Audrey, since she was arrested in the previous episode, she's got to take midterm. So she's barely in this episode. She's off taking midterm. She missed. Which is a weird, like, 
like in 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 reality, not every student would be able to participate in like Hunt for the Killer. Yep. Like daily, but it is weird, like as a television show, to just like basically write out a character. She needed a week off. She did. <laughs> but it also feels like once again the very first episode criticism or the second episode criticism is that this show follows the wrong protagonist. Yeah. Just put Audrey and we've in the sidelined classroom. like the one person the that character. probably should have been the protagonist in the entire show. Yep. Brooke goes off to confront her father finally about everything, you know, the money, the blackmailing, where's her mom? And he's like, I don't know anything about Will and your mom is in rehab. And then she's like, okay, I hope you're telling the truth. And she leaves. And that's all we mm-hmm. progress on, on this storyline. But that's because we're going to spend like the rest of the goddamn episode inside a bowling alley. Which, you know, I'm not saying that that doesn't sound fun or interesting as a concept for this episode. Derek Kubitschek is very excited right now because bowling. Bowling? Yeah, he loves bowling. Hmm. He he's a, he if you weren't here, he'd be here because he's our bowling correspondent. If you ever have a bowling themed horror movie. Yeah, but there's so little bowling happening here. There should have been bowling kills. Yeah. In oh this. god, that a bowling kill would like have been a great. Head going through the bowling like through a bowling pin and then coming out of the gutter. So it's so much better. That that happens in a movie. I can't remember a movie. That I know what happens in the movie, but it should have happened here. So Derek, I know you. I'm speaking directly to you. Derek. It happens in Anna and the Apocalypse. I think. Is it Anna? I think that is Anna and the Apocalypse. Yep. Um, Derek, I know you're very excited right now because most of this episode is going to take place in a bowling alley. You got your hopes up. Don't. But it 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 takes place like in the the basement of a bowling alley, like the back, yeah, like the area. back room. There's like, like you spend like very little time three in three scenes in the bowling alley proper. Yeah. And they only do one cool thing with it. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, uh, Noah tracks down Will's phone, and Emma, Brooke, Jake, and Noah are all gonna go mystery ink and go into this abandoned building. We're gonna find out later it's a bowling alley. They don't know it mm-hmm. right away, and they're all gonna go on this epic quest to go save Will. How about you call the cops? Because they're smarter than that, Ryan. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Your friend has been kidnapped by the killer. Okay, so rule number 14 is don't go looking for missing people. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's dead, maybe he's not. You call the cops and it's their problem. Okay. And also, at some point here, you're going to have to remind me what happened to Piper during this episode. She just is gone. There's nothing to remind you. She's just out of the episode. Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a little Very, sus. very clever show. Very clever MTV. You just literally remove a character that was there the entire time. And then toward the end before we get to it but toward the end emma does say like oh she's fine she's you know she, she's you know she's safe yeah because like, when they do how find do you Will, know that you haven't seen her in the last Piper. 20 minutes yeah uh, look I, i'm just saying right now i'm not i'm not gonna confirm or deny anything but your theory this is, this is good for your theory this is really stupid <laughs> for a show to be concealing who their killer is when they're playing the trick of if you have one person in a room and then the killer shows up Oh, that must mean that that person's not also the killer, right? No, that that has a that that actually makes it maybe even more sus- suspect. That only works if you haven't seen the Scream movies. Yes. So they're just. Assu- I mean, I'm sure there's people who watch this. And how many movies. times during this show that they have said he 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 in regards to the killer? Killers can be women people. It's like, 2022. This isn't, this isn't clever show. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have I caught on like. Maybe two episodes in, and I have not changed my theory. You are doing something wrong. You, you are you have locked in on Piper, so we'll see. We'll see. It is it is borderline obvious, and although it is obviously another person too, 
if it is her because she yes. was in the scene. If it is killer. Piper, there has to be. There is killer. another killer. So that's the only like me going back and forth. Sure. But if I had to make a guess, as I will say at the end of this yeah, episode, we'll, we'll I get will, into that. I will, yeah. And I'm not happy about it. So Jake, at least he brings a couple of knives with. So rule number five, lock and load. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And then he immediately follows it up with like, hey, let's split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. Rule number 19, don't split up, gang. Very, we, we know this. This is some Scooby-Doo vibes. Major Scooby-Doo episode. Mm. Mr. Inc. is not a role model, kids. Uh, yeah, em- don't be the Fred. <laughs> don't be the Fred. Emma gets a phone call from uh, Kieran because he's having dinner with the parents. And she's like, hey, I need you to cover for me. Please and thank you. And he's like, okay, I'll just say you're at Audrey, so I guess. Cool. You owe me one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they go split up. Emma and Noah go one way. Jake and Brooke go the other way. So they do They do split up. Yes. Which is funny because they acknowledge that it's a bad idea. Yeah. Noah's like, this is a terrible idea. And then they do it anyway. So A, nobody listens to Noah. Mm-hmm. Listen to Noah. B, Noah, don't go along with this. Insist. Stand mm-hmm. your ground. You know, you can know, you can know all these rules that I presented for you. You have to follow them. That's that's the second part of this whole thing. So, I, I, Noah, I, I gave you, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul because you didn't follow through. You, you, you know, it's like having the answer but not showing your work. I'm not, I'm not going to give out any half credit today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you got to follow through. Jake actually thinks Noah is the killer because he's the one who led them to this place through his GPS tracking system. So he's like, ah, it's Noah. Noah's the killer. And meanwhile, the sheriff and Kieran or Maggie are just having this awkward dinner. Uh, and we found out that Detective Brock was removed from the case. And I don't think she shows up again for the rest of the series. I think she's just done. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we don't see her again. Bye. Huh. I mean, I guess, to be fair, she was, like, interrogating a minor without her legal guardian there. So maybe, like, her the higher-ups are like, whoa, 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 that opens up. She doesn't even, like, come back in season two? I'm pretty sure no. She's Great. What a, this definitely should have been a series then. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, okay, what a... What a <laughs> if we're going to just not make use of characters... What a fascinating subplot yep. that was. So bye. But they, so Emma and Noah get inside the bowling alley and immediately Brooke and Jake inside the bowling alley through the same entrance and they immediately meet back up again. Why did we split up? <laughs> yeah. And there's like, you know, the stuff with Jake and Brooke where he's like being creepy on purpose. Creepy flirty. Yeah. Well, like he's, he's putting a knife to a wall in yeah. front of her face and like trying to intimidate her and like trying to. Like, I don't know. Is he trying to be sexy or is he just trying to be stupid? I don't... Both, I think. Like, it's it's this thing that the show does a lot with its characters, where, in particular, Jake and Will, where it's like... Kieran a little bit, too. Yeah, and Kieran, it's like, I get that you're trying to make the audience suspicious of these intimidating men figures or whatever, but, like, it just it takes me out of the reality of the scene because in no human way possible would anybody act like this to anybody during this situation and if they did the people who are with them wouldn't respond the way they do mm-hmm. this isn't how humans interact it's like aliens wrote the show mm-hmm. i don't know but they, so they, they get inside and the first thing that happens once they're inside like the bowling alley proper is a spooky bowling ball on the other side of the alley rolls down the from the wrong direction it's like it's coming back from the pins towards where you would bowl from yeah at a decent speed Implication is someone moved that bowling ball and pushed it down the alley. They're like, oh, that was... that's that's got to be kind of hard to like because you know when you when you bowl you kind of have to like run and sure. and like toss. Not easy. And if you're in the gutter trying to do that, like, are you? How are you throwing? Like, how are you pushing it? Like, unless you like, sure. That's a great question. 
But the th- unless the more, you have like a catapult in there. <laughs> more importantly, is like they don't care at all. It doesn't like phase them in the slightest. Like, oh, okay, well, let's split up again. Uh huh. What is going on? It's so hard to judge these characters because they're all like brain dead. They should not be investigating. Is no. what should yeah. be happening. They should. They are either. the wrong characters to be doing this. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say none of these four can win Randy Meek's Married Badge in this episode. Mm. Off the table. This is so stupid. It's a creepy moment, but they don't react properly to it. That's that's part of the problem. Is like occasionally we'll do some. Okay, that was cool. Oh no, we're not going to do anything. You know. Yeah. Acting is reacting. Mm-hmm. They don't react to this. It, it's beyond frustrating. So they split up again. Maggie wants to call Emma and get her home for family dinner because she should be here instead of studying with Audrey. And Kieran's like, hey, I'll go pick her up in my car. I'll be right back. And he's mm-hmm. going to drive off. Noah suspects Jake is the killer for some reason. He's like, hey, playing the fool is a great way to like have a disguise. I mean, that, that's a good point. So we'll see. Jake tells Brooke he knows about the whole Mr. Branson thing. Brooke mm-hmm. says it's over, blah, 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 blah. And then he, he refers to Mr. Branson as a metrosexual. Yeah, that's a phrase that we haven't heard in like which a, almost I th- a decade. Which I, I mentioned while watching the episode. That's a phrase that might have like died in like 2010. So we're about five years past that. I'm wondering if that is the most recent utterance of the word met- metrosexual until now. Right, Nobody has probably it, said that since 2015. Right. Nobody. Like, the last person that they called metrosexual back in the day was, like, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> I that, forgot about Ryan that, Seacrest. It has been a long time. And then that entire... It, it, I can't even call it, like, a fad. Because yeah. it literally was just, like, defining people for liking more feminine things without being gay and it's just like what is this like this isn't real like even the whole south park episode when i watched i'm like what the hell is this because i watched it way after the metrosexual thing i'm like i don't even know what that is and the keyword sexual has nothing to do with what what yeah no it's early 2000s it's a bad it's a really ugly bad term that almost should never have existed in the first place. And for some reason, five years past the time that it died, Scream decides to bring it back. I mean, I guess. And maybe maybe it's appropriate that Jake would be Jake the one, the one to say it. it because maybe he's, you know, kind of that jock type that just doesn't really understand social norms. But unless you're attracted to like cities, like the metrosexual doesn't really apply. Like that's we need to repurpose this word for people and that who are attracted what, to cities. That, and it's also not what I would use to describe Mr. Branson. No, I'd call him a creep. Yeah, he's 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 a creep for sure, but like he's also very mannish, I suppose. Yeah. He's very masculine, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, there's there's nothing metrosexual about this person. I, if 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 we're going to use that term. Yeah. Whatever. Jake's going to go off and go to the bathroom. So he's going to split up even further. Brooke going to the bathroom with him. Who cares? It's an abandoned bowling alley. <laughs> so the killer appears and like starts chasing Brooke around the bowling alley. Mhm. Um, doesn't catch her for some reason. Yeah, he's only there for like a second. She's just running around on her own. Mm-hmm. But Emma, uh, and, and by the way, at this point, Rule Eleven, get out. Get out. Just you shouldn't be here. Just go. There's a there's a door somewhere. Yeah, you go back the way you came in. Yeah. Emma and Noah, they find Will in one of the back storage rooms, and Brooke immediately catches up with them. They cut him down from his his uh, the ropes, and they get a phone call while they're you know he's unconscious, and so in the meantime they get a phone call, and it's it's Audrey. She's like, hey, finished my exams. And Will manages to get bowling alley, Will's bleeding at the bowling alley out before the line disconnects because it's bad signal. It's not really that bad of a signal, though, because I was able to make out everything that he was saying, even when it was fuzzy. Yep. <laughs> unless unless Audrey is hard of hearing, but... I, which could be. But I guess he, he got all the important information to her. Yeah. So, you know, rule number nine, be careful what you say. And saying, if there's just one bowling it. alley in town? 
abandoned bowling alley. Yeah. Uh, but be careful you saying how you say it. If you're in that situation, pick your words carefully. I know it is a good a good enough job at it to get the information to Audrey. Yeah, at least someone used their phone. <laughs> but call the cops. Call anybody. Jesus. Literally. Y'all are teens. You have the like the technology. You have the technology. You have the technology. You have it right in your pocket. You can use it. It's not like the 90s. It's not even like 1996, like Scream era. Like this is 2015. This is like post 21 Jump Street, the the movie Teenagers. Yes. Where it's like you have everything that you need in your pocket at all times. Worthless. But they finally managed to wake Will up. Audrey's going to do something smart. Finally, something Mm -hmm. smart happens. Because in every other instance in the series, if someone gets that kind of phone call, they're going to go to the abandoned spooky place. They're going to take charge, yeah. And try and help. No, she's going to go over and see Maggie and the sheriff and tell them exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, they're bleed- Will's bleeding at a bowling alley. I couldn't really hear everything, but yeah, they're at the old abandoned bowling alley. And they're like, oh, cool. We'll get a bunch of cops and we'll go over there. <laughs> yes! Roll 12 weight Rebecca. You'll love to see it. Best move of the episode, for sure. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that definitely is a, a plus <laughs> on her on her part. She's in good hands with with potentially awards at the end of the early episode. front runner. For early Randy front Meeks, runner. Yeah, Randy Meeks merit badge. No spoilers. No spoilers. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it for sure when we get there. So Emma does bandage up Will's injuries with duct tape, you know, so he doesn't bleed out. Which yeah, we love to see that. Rule number forty six is proper wound management. Look, you stupid bastard! You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look, just a flesh wound. Duct tape works for now. Yeah, whatever you got. Whatever you got. Use what you can. B and 4 are carved into his back. And she finds like a little drawer. I'm surprised that she didn't say, before what? (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing, though, that she was able to turn around and see exactly what she was looking for. Yep. There's a drawer with B4 on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. It turns out Brandon James, the the killer, the original killer, used to work at the bowling alley. Ah. And there's a little tape in there. Says it says it's a Project PTSD thing. It's like a therapy tape. Yeah. And it's of Emma's father, Kevin. So it's some sort of therapy tape. Yeah. I'm surprised Emma was able to put in a cassette tape. She just knew how to do that. Yeah. That seems like such old technology. It's very retro. <laughs> as soon as she finds this tape, instantly, I don't know how they do it, the, that, the creepy Daisy Daisy song that we've heard a few times. Yeah, from 2000. Yeah, that's like the 2001. They're like... Because uh, the the song is obviously not from two thousand one, yeah. but they're using that like slow monotone sound yeah. to like give it that same creep factor, Creepy, yeah. yeah. And so she's gonna go run off on her own to find a radio to play this PTSD tape. She, she finds one. She does find one because that's where the Daisy song is coming from. Yeah, it turns out um, she just followed the music. But like, okay, she followed the music like they follow the spiders. Bye. More splitting up. So bad. So she plays the tape, and basically it's revealed that Maggie and Brandon James actually slept together mm-hmm. at the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. So we know that he's innocent. Maybe. Well, I mean, we know that he's possibly innocent. Maggie thinks he's innocent. That's yeah. what we know for sure. Maybe he is. Mm-hmm. Everyone, so Jake has been off on his own this whole time. We haven't seen him. He's been in the bathroom. Maybe. Um, and we just hear him screaming. And so the trio who are back in the storage room, Will, Noah, and Brooke, they at least all finally like lock and load. 
and Will can barely walk for the record. They go out to find Jake and Emma, and they <laughs> Noah opens the door, and the killer's standing right there, and just ends up snagging his weapon right out of his hands. <laughs> he built. We spent a, a whole scene on Emma and Brooke building a knife stick, and the killer just snags it out of his hands. Like bye. Rule seven: Don't leave your weapon behind. Don't don't let the killer take your weapon. Yeah. Firmly grasp it. But Will volunteers to stay behind and pin the door shut while Noah and Brooke run away. Now, don't be a hero, man. Now, it, it, honestly, the three of you should all just go stab this guy together. I think they'd be better off doing that. Just, like, fight him. They have them, like, beat by numbers. Three to one. And, yeah, the killer is formidable. But there's three mm-hmm. of you, and you all have weapons. Or it did at one point. Mm-hmm. Nope. Split up again. Will gets left behind, and Brooke and Noah run off. I hope they all die. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. I hope all of them die, except Audrey. So Brooke finds Jake, and he's got a knife in his chest. Very like Billy Loomis. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the implication. Like, huh? Maybe. And she immediately just pulls it out. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, that's a great way to bleed out. Leave the knife in unless you have something to like Burn stop it. the bleeding. Like cauterize Burn or whatever. It, lightsaber yeah. it. Yeah. Light, lighter. Any, or anything. If you have gauze or anything that's going to soak the blood. Nope. She just yanks it out. Yeah. That Jake could have died from that. Easy. Mm-hmm. Easy. I wish. Uh, we Don't we all? And Emma, she she's on her way to find Jake as well because, you know, he was screaming. The killer appears to attack her. Will has somehow found the strength to appear and tackle the killer. And this is all happening within like five seconds. This is very quick. The cops show up. The killer runs away, gets out of the building somehow. Kieran runs in with very suspicious timing because he heard all this was happening over the police scanner. And somehow the killer has escaped from the bowling alley. Eluded all the cops. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. We got three Whatever. more episodes. It's, 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 it's a matter of just getting characters into a scene. Yep, that's literally what it just is. Just for suspicion's sake. Uh, I mean, Scream did that all the time, too. It's it's yeah. fine. I just wish it was better. <laughs> uh, that's that's me with a lot of this show, except it's not fine. A lot of it's just bad. Like, like It's bad, and the, I wish it was better. The technique, or not the technique, but like... What they're trying to do is fine. It's just they execute it in the worst way possible. Like if someone more talented could have done this exact same thing, but better. But yeah, the sheriff, Maggie, Audrey, they all arrive. Everyone's here. It's like the classic end of horror movie episode where the ambulances all arrive. The, the survivors get taken away to, to the, the hospital. See, and I thought this was the end of the episode. And I was like, all right, we're getting to the wrap up here. I can put this aside. Wait until the next time we have to do this. Yep. Hopefully in like a year. <laughs> nope, it's not the end. We still have more of this episode. A few more scenes. Luckily, the best is yet to come. I know, but it should have just come already. <laughs> so the sheriff and Maggie and, and Emma, they all talk, and they want to give Emma protective detail, finally. And Emma's like, no. Emma, you dumbass. I, I, I heard a news report today on... Um, teaching babies to swim basically like getting them comfortable with water Mm -hmm. and you know people were criticizing the parents for it because like the baby was obviously uncomfortable and the dad was like well kids are babies can be uncomfortable in like uh like a a baby car seat yeah babies are uncomfortable all the time yeah so you put a baby in a baby car seat just because it's crying doesn't mean you don't you don't do it and sometimes babies cry just in general they don't even know really yeah. why like it's just but the point thing. is kids are dumb yeah. and it's your job as the parent to protect them even if they don't really want to do that same thing here give emma the protective details she has no say in this mm-hmm. she can just shut up and deal with it <laughs> ground her 
have move her to a safe house anything and then kieran and emma talk and uh basically emma still kind of got feelings for will it seems like and kieran's like you know what you need some space to figure it out i know what i want i want to be with you you figure it out bye and so we're gonna put the he the, wants to be with his sister <laughs> uh future stepsister future stepsister so you know but for now this relationship the brakes have been put on it right because will calls invites emma over to watch the expendables and there, this was actually kind of a funny line. She's like, you know, I, this, I saved your life, and that's what you invite me to do. That's what I get for saving your life is I get to come over and watch The Expendables. I mean, he is the one that got, like, nearly killed. So maybe he does need a little bit of... You can watch The Expendables. Yeah, you can watch The Expendables. I like that movie. It's fun. And it's funny because, like, when she does go, she, she brings theater snacks yep. and she calls them expensive. Like, they're not expensive if you get them at Walmart. But maybe she specifically Did went she to really the theater. Did she really go to the theater and get those snacks? Good Lord. Yeah. She so really is dumb. Emma's the worst uh, established. But she's going to go over there. Meanwhile, get a little wrap-up for Audrey and Noah. And Audrey's like, oh, well, I guess Will and Jake aren't suspects anymore because they both got stabbed or whatever. And Noah's like, uh, actually, I think they're like the most likely suspects because mm-hmm. they fake their injuries. We'll see. Could be. We'll see. We've seen it before. But the final scene of the episode and the best scene of the series, I would say, I think mm-hmm. I agree with you, is Emma arrives at Will's house, which is like a farmhouse. So she gets there and gets a phone call. And it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of staticky. And Emma's like, is this Will? Like, are, this is actually Will? It's not. It's the killer. And basically, he just antagonizes her a little bit and implies that he's done something to Will. And he's like, you better run and save him, Emma, kind of thing. Rule 10, don't panic. Emma is going to run straight through the barn to f- try and find Will. There he is. And he is tied to a chair in front of a running, like, what is that, a thresher or something like that? I yeah. don't even know what this is. I don't know farm equipment, but it looks like a saw death trap. Yeah, basically, it looks like this giant chainsaw, like massive, huge mm-hmm. machinery. I don't really know what this is because I don't know anything about farms. N- nothing at all. But basically, huge death machine. And, and you're right, this this whole sequence does feel more out of a Saw movie than the Scream series. Mm-hmm. And she sees this, freaks out, keeps running forward, and hits a tripwire. Activates the machine, which saws Will in half, killing him. Yep. End of episode. See, that last scene, if anything, translates to the Fear Street movies in terms of direction. That's where I see it. That's the one. That's yeah. That's it right there. And I and I hope that what is Lee Janiac Lee Janiac. Um, I hope that she really got to put that piece together herself yeah. in a, in a really. It fun feels way. like it. Yeah, but Will is dead. So we spend this whole. You did point this out, which is very funny. We spend the whole episode on a mission to save Will. They and save then, Will. Yeah, he immediately dies. Yeah, kind and of funny. It would be a fun fuck you if I didn't like feel pain sure. watching this episode <laughs> for so much. That's my third time watching this episode. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked that you have went back to this show, and I really hope that there's never a reason that you have to go back. <laughs> Me and, too. And, and, and go back from season one and, and rewatch I, it again. This should be the last time. I pray this is the last this time. This should be the last time in your lifetime. We can only hope. So for Will, we didn't see him get captured. Um, so we don't really know what happened. So the only thing for sure I can say that the rule that he broke that led to his death was rule number 33, never assume you're safe. Mm-hmm. He get, he gets, you know, he gets out of the hospital or whatever. He goes home. He's on bed rest. He thinks he's out of the movie. He's not dead. That's it. That's all I got from him. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of the episode. I got no new rules. 
nothing new. But let, let's check in with you. Let's check in on the killer watch. I think Piper has made it more and more clear that she's the killer because, for one, as we pointed out, she joins... First of all, she gets them together to go to this bowling alley as if she doesn't already like know where she's going or she's bringing these kids. And then she disappears, and the show does not make mention of it, and she doesn't make mention of it. Like We never see her again in the episode. But the characters just assume that she's safe. And then also, and this is like just like an observation, there's a scene where the killer is trying to get through the door and they're trying to shut the door and slam it on the killer's wrist as as the killer has the, the knife out. And the sleeve is down and she has a very pasty white skin complexion. Yes. More than pale. more like than her. just about everybody else in that cast. And that arm was very white. Do you do you think the um if Piper's a killer, let's say? Do you think that actress was playing the killer yeah. in costume, or do you mm-hmm. think there's another actor? I, well, that's that seems to be scream tradition. Okay, I think the actors do get to be in the. Oh, okay. Yeah, the I guess costumes. I don't know for sure. Okay, yeah, maybe. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, That'd and be... and it would make sense too. Yeah, um, that they would do that. But then, of course, you know, there was a second killer in that building yes. because Piper was attacked. Piper, well, yeah, in a sense, yeah. But there was there was things that were happening toward the end of that sequence particularly with Jake, where he gets stabbed, but we never see him get stabbed. He's right. just stabbed. See, this is what I don't like. Because okay. I would give the show so much credit, and if if the prior prediction of thinking that maybe it's Brooke, maybe it's Brooke, if it's Brooke, thank God. Because that actually makes sense. It would be nice if there were two female killers. And it would, like, I, I can see it, like, within the show. Like, I, I, I can I can make sense of it with her character and with like how she treats other characters and like her relationship to Nina and like, like that, like I, I buy it. And I would say that, yeah, there's times during the show where I didn't think it was her. And then toward the end, if I'm really putting it together, it's like, yeah, it does make sense that it would be her. But if we're going to pull this thing that scream does, which is show a character get injured, but they don't die or they're already injured by the time that the characters catch up to them. And they end up being the killer. If it's Jake, I'm going to be so bummed. So bummed because so far during this entire show, it doesn't seem like he has any interest in the backstory of the the, the killings. He doesn't have a lot of interest in Nina um, as a character. Does not have any interest in the history of the the lakewood killer or whatever like all of that it feels so separate but he is doing things in this episode that make me go oh no (laughs) is this what they're building up to especially and but the only thing that i will say is that if the end of the episode is any indication where noah specifically states that oh well you know just because they're injured doesn't mean that they're not the killer and then of course, that's that in and of itself is a red herring. Then that will be a little bit more of a relief. Mm-hmm. But if we're being led to believe that Jake is the killer in that scenario, and let's say episode eight or nine, they reveal that he is, but we haven't yet. Like I said, we haven't yet revealed that there is a second killer, and the and the main characters think that they're safe once Jake goes away. Like that's that's kind of an option, I suppose. But I still don't like it. Okay. I hate saying that I think that that's what's going to happen, but it's it's tough when you're watching the show. It's from what I want 
from what it probably is. I would prefer that it's Brooke if I have to make a choice, but I also think that this episode did imply that it is probably Jake. Okay. Because if you imagine the scenario of him getting stabbed in the right place where it doesn't kill him, and the you know she can pull out the fucking knife without her, like having him bleed out. I mean, he probably did bleed out a bit, but like you know, if it was punctured in a different Ambulance spot, got there quick yeah, enough. yeah. I don't know. I so Piper and Jake are yeah. The end Piper episode. and Jake. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, thankfully with this show, I have switched the second killer option yep. a few times now. Yep, I think this is your third person in this spot. Yeah. So hey, yeah, something. But if I'm trusting the intelligence of the show, bad call. <laughs> God, who knows. All right, let's give out some awards, huh? And then yep. get this thing over with. Randy Meeks Bear Badge, our first award, which goes to the character who did the best job at following rules. Of course, based off Randy from Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. I think this is a slam dunk. Who do you got? It's Audrey, because oh, she yeah. called the cops. She had information. She took the information. She did good with it. She, she was given the option, like, hey, come into the horror movie. She's like, how about no, I'll call the cops instead, mm-hmm. which is what everyone else should have done. Yeah, no, it's Audrey, 100%. So this would be her second time winning the Randy Merit badge. Okay. So good for her. Yeah. In terms of the losers here, there's a, there's a few. Yep. Night of the Living Club goes to the character who did the worst job of following the rules based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. And honestly, we uh, should rename this after someone from this show. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Yeah, I would love to give ties, but we don't do that nope. here. Nope. Um, I try to avoid ties. But I, I think we have a third time reigning champ. So it's got to be one of the four who yeah. went, you know, not Will, because, you know, he got kidnapped. Will, so, there's nothing that Will could have done in that episode. Yeah, Will did okay. He, he, everything he did was in the prior episode. Yeah, basically. So we have the four. How do we distinguish the tie? Well, Jake at least brought a few weapons. Uh, he, he was the one who suggested all the splitting up. But he at least brought some weapons with. Okay. And at least Noah and Brooke made some weapons at some point. Mm-hmm. Emma did jack shit, had no weapons, split up on her own a few times. And especially, I think the worst one was when she ran off her own to go check for a radio. Yeah. Well, she she has indestructible protagonist syndrome. True. She's assuming she's the main character. She's lucky she is. But that is a rule. You know, don't assume you're the main protagonist. Mm-hmm. She's very, very fortunate. That is rule number 50. Yeah. I, I hate this split up so much, especially for her. Just it's listen a, to it later. Yeah. It's Emma. Yeah, it is Emma. And you can say that Jake was dumb for for suggesting it, but then also if he's the killer, then of course he would suggest sure. that. So, we have a brand new record on the show today. Both uh, actress Willa Fitzgerald and the character of Emma Duvall, they are the first people to win Night of the Living Pleb for a third time. Triple crown. Triple crown Willa Fitzgerald and Emma Duvall. I, Wait for its quadruple, she's got like three more chances. I knew this was going to happen. I'm just like, she's going to be the record holder. And honestly... By the end but of the show. But does it count as a show? You Who have can? way more. That's like that's yeah. like if Nev Campbell were in like 30 screen sure, movies. Sure, sure. And whatever. It's fine. Who cares? Uh, we could, you know, we'll keep track separately of like movies or something. But interestingly, yeah, no no one from movies has ever won this, The Night of the Living Club, more than once. Because the only person on the list is uh, Noah and the actor John Carna. But yeah, uh, Emma and Will Fitzgerald, they're on for a third time. So congratulations. I hope you're listening. She's a living pleb, though, three times and is still alive. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that wraps up episode seven of the Scream TV show In the Trenches. So the Wheel of Spooks is still on vacation for a little bit longer, uh, probably for the rest of July. We're filming this on July 22nd. It's another week or two, and then I'm going to try and bring it back. 
I think next week, and, and, and don't hold me to this, uh, my listeners, because I'm not 100% sure on this one. I'm going to try and do Curse of Chucky next week, uh, which is my favorite of the Child's Play movies. It's, I think it's the best one. Okay. Uh, Chucky 6. Uh, it was straight to, it's the straight to DVD, but it was... This it's, is the first one that's straight to DVD? Th- this is the first one in that series that is straight to DVD. Yeah. And I would argue bes- between Curse of Chucky and Wrong Turn 2, they are the two best straight to DVD horror movies ever made. Those are I don't, I don't know which one's better, but those are the two best. You don't really get straight to DVD anymore, though. Straight to streaming is the new one, yeah. I would say. Which then it just opens everything up. Yeah, because everything really goes straight to streaming now. Oh so, yeah, straight to video is kind of gone now. It's like just the Predators, the new Predator is going to be straight to Hulu. Is it really? Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that one. I'm not gonna lie. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, I'm hearing good things. Pray. Um, and uh, Derek Kubitschek, I believe, is the Predator correspondent, so okay. he'll get to cover that one. He's covered at home. <laughs> yeah. cover it while it's still like not in theaters but when it's recent yeah yeah we could cover it like the second day it comes out or something like yeah because i do like to watch them all twice every everything we cover on here i watched at least twice okay but yeah I, i'm gonna try and do curse of chucky next week but for you uh episode eight of the scream series would be up next which is called ghosts so we'll we'll see when we get to that this will gonna be a ghost Woo. I would make the show better. Mm-hmm. Just like having spooky ghosts running around, I would support that. But yeah, yeah. hopefully we'll have the Wheel of Spooks back soon and we can There's get to the... There's been ghosts in Scream before. Yeah. Oh, God. That's right. Scream 3. <laughs> that That is a thing. Oh, wow. Yep. And we have borrowed things from Scream 3. We have the whole voice changer app uh-huh. going around. So, you know, it wouldn't be the biggest shock. We'll see. Jacob, thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Yeah, okay. That was sarcasm. You want to plug anything? Um, at Jacob Colness, J-A-K-O-B-K-O-L-N-E-S-S on Twitter and Letterboxd. Yeah, and we're on Letterboxd too. Twitter, How To Horror, uh, How Number Two Horror, and then uh, How To Survive Horror Movie, or how to, We're How To Horror on Letterboxd as well. Yeah, go ahead and follow that. Um, making a lot of lists recently. Yeah, uh, making a lot of lists. Uh, I've I made the list of like ranking all the movies people have covered on the podcast. I've ranked every movie we've ever covered on this podcast. Yeah, lists well. are fun. These days, I'm ranking every movie that was released in a specific year. I started with 1993, which is the year I was born. I've been working my way up today. I did 2000. So give me another three weeks or so, and I'll be done with the rest of those. And I'll move on mm-hmm. to something else. I like making lists. And do comment on those lists and give them a lot of shit if you disagree. Please. Please. I have some hot takes, and I'm 100% right about all of them. So please come at me. Do it. Everyone in my my, uh, my normal day-to-day life does it. So if you're an online stranger, you can do it too. This is the only time that commenting like negative shit against somebody is not bullying. <laughs> wow. Like definitely load those comment sections up with as much garbage as you can. Yeah, actually, I don't mind. I feed off that energy. Mm-hmm. I feed off the, the people coming after my, my uh, amazing opinions. Sticks and stones. Uh, yep. Jacob, thanks again for doing this. This was this was more fun than watching the episode, for sure. <laughs> it was probably longer, too, but it, yeah. it felt shorter. Yep. Anything else? Uh, that'll do it. <laughs> we should go. All right. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.